0: Hello, everyone. Time for another episode of the Faultline Social Podcast. Today, Rob and I sat down with the New Jersey band Wishful Thinking. They put an album out uh, maybe six months ago called After Hours, which we really liked. So we got the guys on the show to come and have an informal kind of chat about what's been going on, about the recording process and uh, what they're going to be up to in the future. Thanks again to the guys for coming on. And yeah, hope you guys enjoy this one. Cheers. All right. So if you just heard that cheer, it means because we've got the audio working. So yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, man. So it's the Faultline Social Podcast. Um, I'm here with Rob and uh, i here with the guys from Wishful Thinking. What's up, everybody?
1: Well, what's going on, everybody?
2: Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Good seeing you. Boy, cheers. cheers for coming on, lads.
0: Fucking appreciate it, man. Yeah, this is yeah, good. Awesome. I
1: appreciate you yeah. yeah. guys inviting yeah. us.
0: So this is a little bit different. Yeah, we normally do kind of like one-on-one interviews and stuff. And um, But yeah, we reviewed... Um, this, these guys put out uh, an album called After Hours. Uh, I think it was last summer, right? Yeah, and um, they've done some stuff before this as well. We reviewed it. We really liked it, man. I think it's a great um, pop-punk kind of record. So, yeah, we're just going to hang out and have a chat, man, and, like, yeah, yeah, just see what you boys have been up to and um, see what you've been up to since the record. I mean, obviously, uh, <laughs> no one's been up to much of anything, really, because of lockdown and stuff, man. So um, yeah, right. how have you uh, – How like, what's been going on? How have you experienced it? I
2: mean – pretty much just i don't know how it's for you guys over there but i mean for us over here the states are kind of just like fighting amongst each other what to do with you know the lockdowns and stuff like that i mean for the most part our day-to-day lives haven't really changed i mean we still go to work and come home and just run the mill stuff every day not yeah too bad. i
1: mean we've just been working uh also working on a little bit of new stuff nothing too crazy but keeping ourselves busy you know not being able to go anywhere you just kind of Try to get lost in your own little worlds. So that's what we've been up to—just taking some time, writing some tunes without any real pressure to get anything out. You know what I mean?
3: That's nice, man. uh yeah, because we we haven't been at work since November last year. It's we've been, been a while, man. Work. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, man, like we've the government have just been paying us to stay at home. You can't nah. do anything here. <laughs> Everything awesome. shut down. Yeah. Dude, that sounds like a dream.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like wish the government. Nah,
3: no, nah. we haven't gotten
1: shit. <laughs> we're
4: still going to work every day. We got six o'clock in the morning. We got a $600 relief payment. Like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah,
3: oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That made the news here, didn't it? They like, we were like, yeah, what man, the yeah. fuck, man? How are these? Yeah, it's like, like a quick
1: this? riddle of, hey, here you go,
0: guys. We're yeah. going to yeah. give you a $600. It's not like
3: 1941. About. That'd have been loads of money like <laughs> 80 years
0: ago. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. You guys just bought like a new amp or something and you were like, okay, that's the 600 bucks gone for this. Oh man. Yeah. yeah that 600 month. Right.
2: <laughs> um,
0: yeah, it's one of those, man. Like, uh, it's, I, you, it was good to start with, right. But you know, what's been really good is actually focusing on this kind of stuff. Cause like me and Rob and a few of the other lads that do this, like it's really given us a lot of time to invest in, uh, just like writing and doing this kind of stuff and speaking to all kind of bands that we like, which is awesome. But you know, we do, kind of, I I don't know about, like, Rob is still actually working, like, one day a week, right? Because it's yeah, some like place. Yeah, like,
3: two days, yeah. man, that's it, that's it,
0: really. But, like, yeah, yeah I'm looking to, you know, get out of the house uh, <laughs> sometime in the yeah, near future. Right, yeah, it's
1: healthy, dude. You don't want to get cooped up too long.
0: I just want to go
2: out to, like, a bar or something with my friends and just have, like, a night out in town again. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. oh, you're telling me, mate? You're fucking
3: telling me? Jeez. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the live music scene as well, right? Obviously, um, oh I don't God. know how often you guys were playing before because the, the album kind of happened... Um, During the lockdown, I might be mistaken there, but... Yeah,
3: no, it was, it was, it
0: was, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know how much chance you guys have had to play with each other, like, in a live setting.
1: Not, not too much. Yeah, we had initially planned to start, like, playing and getting out there when we recorded the album. We actually hit Nick up to start recording it, like, two months before the lockdown happened. So it was like, hey, like, we got all these plans. We got these songs that we want your help on. And we contacted him, plans were made, yeah, everything time, was looking yeah. good. Yeah, about
4: this time last year, we probably hit him up about it. Mm-hmm. Now he said something.
1: Yeah. yeah, and then, like, literally two months later, lockdown, it was up in the air if we were going to do it. Nick was luckily cool enough to be like, hey, as long as you guys are safe mm-hmm. about it, come on by, let's let's jam and make some tunes. And. We made a kick-ass album out
0: of it. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, we we really liked it, and that's um people make that it, that's Nick it. from Man Overboard, man, who who produced that. So, um, how do you do? You do you know him, or did you just like get in touch with him via email? Or yeah, whatever?
3: how did it work? Because did did you do the EP prior? Is it Small Hill Studios that he was running before? Yeah, yes. yeah that was yeah. also
2: with Nick too. That was the studio that he had before uh, the Lumberyard.
3: Is he like a local kind of um? you know, figuring, supporting the scene and the vision that you had. And obviously the sound you were going for was very, because Man Overboard, like a New Jersey band, was this the ideal candidate to really, you know, take your ideas from thoughts in your head in a practice room to putting it on record?
4: Well, when we wrote We're Not Alone, which was the four songs that we first released, you know, it was like we were still kind of learning. So, you know, we seen Zach from Man Overboard. He posted a tweet you know, email us if you want to get in the studio, you know, me and Nick are hooking people up. So, you know, we emailed him, we took that chance.
1: Yeah. We just sent him over a couple demos and we were like, Hey, like, let us know if you're willing to like help us get better. And literally within like a couple hours, Nick had emailed us back, like, yeah, like, come on by, let's do it. And so like a month or two after that, we scheduled time to go up, hang out with him, just kind of catch a vibe and automatically like you could see that he was there to try to help us like he wasn't judging us he wasn't saying like hey these guys are too new for me to kind of work with the whole time it was just an open experience we got to learn so much from him and after the production with him on we're not alone
3: it was simple. Like we just, we've never
1: gone to anybody else since then.
3: How was it entering with like a third party, like editing your process and like making you like self-aware of what could be changed and adapted? How, how, how was that as as from the initial get go and him saying, listen, boys, like, I think this could be better. This could be changed. Maybe you don't need this. Let's chop and change. How was that hearing that about your songs? I think the cool thing about Nick is it's always like a good and
2: fun time. But like you said, that third party is like another set of eyes and ears to kind of, Reel you back in when you're getting crazy. Cause you know when like you're making something in like in your head and you're like, This sounds awesome, this is gonna sound sick, and then it doesn't really portray itself out like that. It's kind of nice to have somebody be like, nah, nah, this is what you're looking for and this is the direction you should go. And then he lets us hear it and then it ends up being good. And I mean, it's just a good learning experience all around. It's really just about trusting the process yeah, with that's, the whole that's, thing.
4: That's definitely the biggest part is you know, trust in Nick. You know, clearly he's got a lot to show for. Her. So you know, let's just shut our mouths, listen to him, do
1: yeah. what he says. And then the guy, <laughs> yeah, dude, I yeah I mean, <laughs> just wrap it up. Okay. The demos that we recorded, it was just with some guy that Matt knew from work, like in his basement, and like eventually they came out exactly as we had done them. But there was no input from the guy. It wasn't like, hey, this kind of sucks. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Like he kind of <laughs> let us be a like bad suck. band <laughs> yeah he let us
0: suck for a long time and then i think it's because
4: he knew we were better than his band i think that's what
0: probably... <laughs> <laughs> it was the end of yeah man
1: <laughs> so it was it was honestly refreshing to have someone come in and be like you are like getting a little crazy you're doing a little too much right now like that's not going to translate well into the song so it it's been humbling i would honestly say.
2: And whenever we go and we come back and we get done wrapping up with Nick, we always bring something home, like a learning experience wise. Like we always definitely reshapes and like vitalizes how we write like the next time we go to work on like a project. And like, I always think that's cool.
3: Yeah, have you learned to kind of trust yourselves a bit more with your initial instincts? Oh, for sure. Um,
1: I've actually gotten a little bit into music production myself. And just from everything I've learned from watching Nick do his thing and having the songwriting experience, trying to come up with songs I do follow that instinct sometimes I'm able to get something solid in like 30 minutes and I can ride with it and make something whole out of it and other times I can catch mistakes that I've previously made that he's been able to call me out on and being like hey like you're doing too much so it's definitely I can take what I've learned and work into it and now I do trust my instincts usually follow through with everything that comes to my mind Matt can attest to it. He'll come to me with something and we'll be like, all right, let's just follow it. Let's feel it. I'm feeling inspired. And usually something pretty cool comes out of it. And then we get Steven's opinion and... Yeah, I feel like we pretty much hold each other.
2: Like, we kind of keep each other in balance for the most part. Like, if Matt and Evan start something and they'll show it to me, I'll be like, I like everything but, like, this could be tweaked here and, like, vice versa. Like, if I show them something they'll be like, this and this sounds good but let me hop on this real quick and spice it up with like my taste and like we just bounce off each other that way and i think that's cool as well
0: i was wondering about the drums on the track obviously because you guys there's no drummer uh, amongst the three of you right yeah Do what's
3: you... with the whole no drummer thing what's going on <laughs> <laughs> so, so so
2: so our buddy stevie is uh, like our uh, official unofficial drummer yeah. like he's drummed on everything that we've done and like, he's always down to help us out and jam with us. And he always has a good time, but he's also doing other things as well. So right. I mean.
0: Drummers are like, they're like gold dust, band. Like they're in like 50 bands. Like.
1: No, yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> <always> <laughs> so committed. He's always so committed to something else. Like it's hard to get his full attention to really do something and run with it. We've had a few people that we've jammed with in the past, but just like conflicting schedules. And like you said, every drummer's always in like five or six bands. Like, it's just hard to get someone consistent with everything. But Stevie's honestly been the coolest, the, the most consistent, and just the best guy to work with for drums.
0: Did he kind of, uh, did you take the songs to him and then he was just like, yeah, I can play like, a, you know, a beat over this? Or was there, did he really want to put a lot of thought into it? Or was it kind of done on the day in the studio? Oh, uh, so,
4: yeah, we would send him some of the demos that we would have from, you know, that we would do at home. And uh, yeah, I guess he would give him a listen through. I, I mean, we would never really talked about that process with him. I'm sure he played him at his house. But yeah, he would just come well, in the studio, he'd be like, let me listen to it three more times. And then he listens to it, and then he gets in there, and then that's it. Little, one, one time around, and it's done.
3: One pipe window, fucking
2: hell. A little bit of backstory to Stevie real quick. Me and Ed went to high school with him. He grew up in like a music household. Like his dad was like very musical, like geared. And so he grew up with all that. So this kid's pretty much like a a prodigy almost. So when he came in to do the album, like we sent him our demos, but before he went in there and actually tracked them, like he just stood there and listened to them like three or four times and was like, all right, got it. And went in and did his thing and it ended up being like, just awesome because he's just he's, he's awesome at what he does
3: your drummer sounds like a product of his, his environment in a way like how how are you guys in terms of that like what was your upbringing in and not as in upbringing literally man but like how was your involvement in music growing up and where did music become like a real prominent force in like each of your lives so <laughs> <laughs> go ahead em, I, I, mean, <laughs> I can actually i can actually remember the first time like i
1: listened to a rock album it was it was green days american idiot and yes yeah, i had <laughs> Yeah, like I, I grew up on country music. My mom was a big country music fan, like Keith Urban. He's actually the reason I picked up a guitar in the first place. It's totally not rock and roll to say that, but...
0: <laughs> he's a good player though, right? Keith Urban. He's a good player. Oh, he's yeah.
1: amazing. Yeah. But that's the stuff I grew up listening to. And then I don't even remember how old I was, but I listened to Green Days of American Idiot. And that whole album front to back just kind of shaped like the direction that I would take for the next couple of years. Like I got into like fallout boy bands like escape the fate. And then I went into more of like a metal kind of vibe, but then, you know, you always find like the blink 182 bands and stuff like that. And those just, they just always really stick with you. Going off of what Evan said.
2: <laughs> um Nicely put. I always just like this kind of music. I mean, my mom played it a lot when I was a kid growing up and she had this acoustic guitar that I remember she tried teaching herself how to play. And like I wanted to do it. I guess around junior year in high school, I picked it back up again and just started playing with it. And then all my friends got involved in playing guitars as well. And then we all were just sit and jam with each other and just learn off each other pretty much. And then around senior year, a little bit after we graduated. A little bit after that, yeah. Um, Evan was like, We should start a band, sat in my house, came up with a couple of jams. I was like, I have a buddy, Matt, who was interested in playing bass at the time and was like, we should jam and introduce these guys. And then we just wish we'll think and became a thing.
1: Yeah, we saw the story so far and rotting out in like 2013, something like that. And immediately after that show, I was like, this is fucking sick. Like, <laughs> hey. I want to be around this all the time. So that's when I hit Steve up, and then we've been jamming, doing this stuff ever
0: since. Nice, man. How about how about you, Matt? Did you uh, How did you get started with uh, with music?
4: So really, I had an older brother, and he was always into music. And then, you know, he always listened to the 90s punk bands. And I think me growing up along his side really uh, brought me into that taste. And then, you know, 2004, I think it was, you know, I was in the hallway with Steven and he uh, passed me over a Blink one eighty two C D and I think it was over from there. I fell in love with bass. I wanted everything to do with it. And then uh one day just picked up a bass I learned and yeah, he he brought me to Evan. We sat down outside in my backyard and we wrote inside battles off of We're Not Alone. And
2: um Yeah, we that, did
4: that that's I think was what really
2: kicked it really off.
4: Really kicked it off.
0: Yeah, man, nice. I want to talk like a little bit about the songwriting, man, because you obviously uh, you sound like you started writing songs pretty much straight away, which is like it's quite difficult to do, man. Right, like because because like you know people can play an instrument, but it doesn't necessarily mean they can write songs, right? Like I can play instruments, but I've never written a song in my life. Like I wouldn't even know where to fucking start, to be honest, man. It's like yeah, it's like a real mystif- mystical thing for me. So like, um, how do you approach uh, songwriting? You know, is it kind of all together or you know? Um, obviously, you'll have your own separate ideas and kind of bring them together. But like, what is it, you know, what is it about writing songs that, you know, kind of comes to you maybe naturally?
4: So, so usually for me, how it would work is Stephen would, you know, come up with a crazy riff and then he would record it on the computer. And then I would come over to hang out with him. We'd chill out. He would show it to me. And then I would track some bass over top of that. And then he would show it to Evan. And then Evan would either add a lead or maybe add some more rhythm to it. And then it's kind of just vice versa, you know? Uh Evan will have a cool riff for a new song and then I'll throw a bass on that. So I'm just kind of like filling in the holes and they're kind of doing the dirty work, so to
1: speak. <laughs> yeah. You know what
4: I mean? But me and Evan have, you know, we've been real creative lately. And I think you're gonna like what's gonna be coming out.
1: I, I can agree with that. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, for sure, man. Well, yeah, I've, I've, you did hint at the start you've been working on something new ish or like completely new. So, yeah, like walk us through that. What's, um, what's going on?
1: Uh, so, pretty much, we sat down one day, me and Matt, we just sat down with the intention of just jamming, trying to get the energy to start something new. And we ended up writing a whole song pretty much in about an hour. And Steve, I sent it to Steve while he was at work. And he called me right after. He was like, dude, that's fucking sick. Like, we need to do something with that. So that's generally how it all starts with us. We start with uh, the typical sounds of the song, like the guitars, the drums. Uh, We'll automate some drums to get an idea of what we want Stevie to do when we eventually hit him up. And then Matt comes in as the bass. We get the whole whole kit and caboodle together. And then Steve and I will take time separately like away from it, writing the lyrics, getting our thoughts and everything away. Um, But that's kind of what we've just been doing. We've got a lot of jams, a lot of bigger songs. Uh, Again, like everything that we learned from Nick recording After Hours with writing like bigger, catchier songs, uh, songs that'll grab people's attention. That's what we're looking to do with this stuff. We got like big, heavier songs, I would say. Maybe not so much heavier, but the tones that we've gotten on these demos so far are already blowing us away. So when we eventually go back to Nick to hit these to get these songs done, we're hoping that it'll it'll really change a little bit of a course for us.
0: Yeah. Nice, man. So would you, uh, yeah, I don't want to pigeonhole you into like pop punk specifically or whatever, but that's, um, that's kind of what comes to my mind when I, when I hear the kind of music and obviously there's room for nuance within that genre, you know, not all pop punk is created equal. I think we can all agree on that. So, uh, you know, is that something you kind of see yourself, you kind of want to evolve your sound, maybe move beyond, uh, and that initial bubble that you kind of started in, um, like what kind of bands would you like to sound like, you know? I mean, obviously, you know, that that's a loaded question. You want to sound like yourself, but like...
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, at this point, um, going back to like a little bit of our writing style, we pretty much, once we get like, Evan says a whole kit and caboodle down, we find out like what sound we want with like the song and the direction we're going. And that's how we kind of... Oh, how do I flip this? Oh, no, I kind of lost my train of thought for a second.
1: (laughs) We never really want to pigeonhole ourselves into
2: a genre. We kind of just do whatever feels good. Like, we just go in the direction of what we feel is, like, good for the song and what we want the direction to go in, I mean yeah like you don't really have a set interest on in, like who we want to be like it's more just what we like and what we think
1: sounds good yeah we're influenced by a lot of different oh, types sure. of people like oh, honestly yeah. i'm a huge harry styles fan too like his really? stuff doesn't <laughs> yeah like honestly his stuff leaks into the wishful thinking material more than more than you probably pick out and i care to admit <laughs> but, <laughs> but they're like we don't we don't ever go out and try to say like, hey, we're going to make like a pop song or like a punk song, even when like we're tagging our songs for uploads. It's almost difficult to put the pop punk tag on it because to us, it's more like it's just rock music to us. It's like right. I, I understand that it sounds like pop punk and everybody around us says it. And I'm cool with that. Like, well, however, yeah. people want to associate it is totally up to them and totally cool music music man. yeah you but know, like... for us it's hard to ever put a label on something that we do like that we never shoot for a punk song and actually one of the things that we have coming up is like a softer lovey sort of <laughs> indie kind of vibe <laughs> something
3: like that that's cool man yeah i don't know if it's because we're english and like pop punk is pop punk's different in england to the u.s uh different yeah you know, the, some bands that play in America in terms of pop punk, even like melodic hardcore, are not received well here at all. And it's like, we we have a whole different perception of, of the genre. And it's like, maybe we're considering this pop punk when actually it's like, you know, you guys just making this the honest thing you can. And it's like, has honesty always been a big part of this music for you? And do you think that like honesty will always prevail? And has honesty been something that you've always searched for in music all right, let's break this
0: question down. Yeah, let's it break a it f- down, man. There's a, a few parts there, so question I guess... Yeah, uh, yeah,
3: yeah. Sorry, man. I need to, I need to hit Jones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, man. So, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> it was... Um-
1: we're fully steamed right now, so it's a little we're a little lagged. Bro, so it says
0: Rob man, that's why the questions are coming thick and fast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I we just did it. an
3: interview like this, and then the girl was like, Whoa. She was like, oh, hey, I need like the enter key, you know on what Microsoft yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry boys, like for all the comments. No, no, like, no, don't good be sorry, bud. I just want to answer your questions fully. <laughs> we when we we're when we we're writing
1: uh, we definitely don't try to hold anything back. It's something like we, we've started writing pen to paper more rather than using our phones. Uh, it's really easy to just delete something on your phone, but I feel like it takes a little more commitment to kind of put the pen to paper and... Definitely Stephen agrees because he's got a whole fucking stack of papers, <laughs> just papers sitting over on the lyrics and shit. <laughs> but, so honesty is definitely something that we strive for. And especially when I listen to music, if I hear like a lyric of something that strikes me that I feel like, especially that I hear it with such emotion, I'm, I'm hooked. Like I want more of that shit. So I definitely look for it in the songs that I listen to. And I definitely do want to produce it in the songs that I make.
0: Like it's really hard to... Um to like initially write an idea down and uh yeah you can scribble it out or whatever but yeah putting pen to paper is um like i mean like you said i'll just echo that thought it's difficult right because uh it's kind of hard to look at a blank piece of paper when you're writing but once you get going it's okay it's it's intimidating yeah Yeah, intimidating that's that yeah
2: it almost kind of like motivates you to get like that writing process started and you're like your gears turn it's like all right i have to fill this page with something you know with something (laughs) and like i don't know i like the old school fashion weights too
3: yeah how is it when the uh you know when like the creative process comes to life from like an idea in your head to scribbling it down on a piece of paper to taking it to a practice room to like a live setting is it is it daunting and is it um is it as accurate as you always interpret it to be? So it is definitely daunting and it is
1: almost never as accurate <laughs> as I think it's going to be. Uh, so there there are times especially with some of the newer stuff uh I'm trying to be a bit more open uh about the way I feel about a lot of things going on in my life and I had a line that I was very nervous to show Steve and Matt. Matt didn't bat an eye at it, and then neither did Steve, so that was relieving, but it's definitely super daunting to write something down like that and then be like, all right, now it's time to show the boys who (laughs) will make fun of me (laughs) if it's not good.
0: It's hard to be the lyricist, man. It's hard to be the singer, right? Because you got to, I, I don't know, like, it's... The music, like, is about being vulnerable, like, whatever instrument you play, right? You're, like, saying, this is me playing, I'm putting it out there. Like, and essentially you're asking people to judge you on your performance, right? But, yeah, yeah when you... So specifically about, like, lyricism and singing and stuff, um, do you have to kind of... um? just get rid of that filter and just write everything down and then take away the stuff that kind of speaks to you the most or, you know.
3: Is it better to approach it with like a naive perspective as if like the only person that's going to hear this is me and nobody else? And is, do you think that's the best way to proceed? I mean, I kind of, when I
2: start like the writing process, I usually look at it as like a little mini challenge and project for like myself. It's like, all right, let's start with the base. Let's find, um, let's find a riff that fits well with me and see how I feel from that. And from there I can determine like where to take the lyric. Usually I'm writing lyrics. I try to make them broad enough for them to be relatable, but personal enough for them to still relate to me since I'm the one writing it and it's our music. But I still kind of write for like that sense, like somebody out there listening to this will either feel the same way that I'm feeling at the time or, you know, they can take it and interpret it in their own way. It's a project for myself, but for you guys as well. You know, it's to make it the best song it can possibly be, you know.
1: Yeah. And to circle back to what Rob said, do I take like a naive approach? I, I would say for sure, because especially when like we start jamming under the influence and like we've had a few drinks. And I got that like I don't fucking care attitude. I will like almost say anything that comes to mind, and then I'm like, I, like it's just me and the boys. Like who? Can, like yeah, nobody's gonna next hear me. Yeah. like what the hell is this? Yeah. And then I'll listen <laughs> is that to even it. Good? And I, <laughs> actually, like actually, even with the song day after day, like once we put it out and I heard it, I was like, this is kind of. I was kind of mean. Like I didn't really hold back on that, and I almost wish I had but I'm glad I didn't because I had that sort of like fuck it attitude like nobody's gonna hear yeah. it yeah but...
0: I like that song there man because it needs to have that level of uh because you forget it gets diluted through the medium as well right like what you're actually feeling and what comes through the music is diluted you know there's no way that 100% of that emotion could be transferred to the listener so if you think it's too much it's probably just about right for someone exactly. uh, listening oh, to it. Oh, that's a so. good point of view. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah.
1: a good perspective. The whole time after we put it out or leaping up to it, I was like, I'm not sure I want to do this. And Matt and Steve were the driving forces. They were like, dude, like it fucking kicks ass. Like, yeah. it it out of your ass. Yeah, don't touch it. And just <laughs> do it. Like, we're putting it out.
0: And I was yeah. like, okay, okay. Okay. yeah man i think when we reviewed the that track i said that was a standout for me personally i, I kind of Thank really you. enjoyed that Thank track you. um so yeah yeah man you guys made the right decision on that one um <laughs> so i w- i think i mentioned it as well like in the review i kind of like made a little snarky joke about the uh the tom DeLonge kind of style vocals um so is that is that something you kind of consciously do or is that kind of just um Is that just kind of what a New Jersey person sounds like?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll answer for Steve first, and then I'll take the floor. When we first started jamming, I really thought it was something that Steve did consciously. And the longer I've known him and been his friend, That's just how this fucking dude sounds. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's
0: it's not so much criticism. It's like it's just spookily close, right? I mean, yeah, I mean,
2: I that's never been like a conscious thing, and like that's not something I want people to think of, like, oh, we're trying to be like the next blank, or like we're trying to be like something that we're not. Like that's not the case at all, and. To me personally, like I find it like aggravating sometimes, you know, it's like, no, that's not what I'm looking for. It's just that's just how I sound, (laughs) you know, and like Nick said the same thing. He was like, it's not a bad thing, but God damn, you sound just like him. (laughs) (laughs) And I just kind of let her accept it. It's like, "Eh, that's just how I sing, like either. I personally Either you're gonna listen or you're not, but this is how I'm going to do it.
1: This is this is me. So yeah. I personally think it's cool. Tom DeLonge's always been in my dream band lineup,
3: so like <laughs> I got the I got him right here. Same you got here. the next
0: best thing, right? Yeah, nice one. <laughs> exactly. To
3: say, man, that's a very wholesome comment, right Yeah.
0: There.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's still Steven to us. Yeah. Yeah. He's still Steven. Because to me, that the record is like a very like self-titled Blink, like um, you know.
0: Oh, we said like- Blink again. Oh.
3: Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to say the B word, but you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, uh, it's like a, you know, say it like, you know, like a starting line kind of vibe. Um, what kind of music did you channel into your initial recording of the record?
2: Starting line was definitely one of them yeah. during this album. Um, a little bit of turnover influence got put in there as well. Mm. Little, yeah. Little yeah, story so fans. far,
1: knuckle punk influence. Um, I was, would even say... Uh, what were we listening to at the time? Like we were every time we were drinking, we were listening to a lot of bowling for soup. Uh, so yeah. That <laughs> definitely, yeah, like, that definitely yeah. leaked its way in
4: Maybe uh, some, 41 some okay. good
1: Charlotte. Yeah. Like the typical stuff that you heard in like cheaper by the dozen when you watched that <laughs> movie <laughs> oh, in 2003, whenever <laughs> pie, it came
3: out. American pie, like two or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So the like golden the age,
1: you would see in, in a golden age <laughs> yeah. teen party movie. That's <laughs> like, yeah. These that's
4: songs what were we were made at, after hours,
3: yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh I love that fucking play on words, man. Yeah, yeah. that's sick. yeah, yeah me and thi- yeah, turnover. Um, did how how did you? Was peripheral vision a big thing on this? Because I, I see, I like, I hear that in the guitar tone quite a lot, man.
0: Yeah, man. Pop there's definitely those hazy, drenched reverby. Yeah, me, that like yeah.
3: cool, yeah. like a very kind of reverby chorusy tone is very prominent in this. Um, so was was because obviously the vocal approach is very, you know, I don't want to say the B word, but it's very pop. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. No, <laughs> the
1: vocal approach is definitely the B word. It's very blinkish.
3: Yeah, but you've also hit almost like yeah, it's a turnover, maybe sort of Smithsy kind of
0: yeah indie
3: yeah. indie semi shoegazy approach to the guitars. Was it was it a goal to get this whole like you know Venn diagram of sounds working in unison?
1: Kind of, yeah. We definitely wanted to touch on all subjects. Uh, peripheral Vision was and still is like a huge part Try of our lives. Sex. Like, it's a huge album that we listen fire, to. absolutely fire record. Yeah. You know so, so, yeah, like, yeah. that album, I, I don't want to say it changed my life, but it, it kind of changed did do a life lot a lot. A lot of for of me. It. <laughs> so, like, yeah, that was definitely a lot of influence that we drew from uh, for the overall guitar tones and like that vibey, that open air, kind of spacey dreamlike sound, especially on the song number five. That song has some of the coolest guitar tones that I could even think of. That's
3: the best song on the record, I think, man. You should make a that that's that that's a fantastic track that is. I love Thank that you. one.
2: Thank yeah, you. That's a that's a personal favorite. But going back to what Ev said, I mean we also wanted to take like a different approach since like we did decide to write like a full length like record and like a debut LP at the time. Like we wanted to do something bigger and better, like Ourselves too, as like to show our growth as well, and just a standard like overdriven, just crunchy guitars. We just wanted to expand out there.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna see that when we finished the song "Better Days" in the studio, I sat there and I cried because <laughs> I never thought that wishful thinking would put out a song like that. At least like listening to everything come together, all the guitars, Stevie's drums, like it, it was a beautiful moment coming from what we did at Small Hill with "We're Not Alone." And those kind of raw, straight punk songs to a song like "Better Days," it
3: was, it was, it was a full transition and it was fucking awesome. So yeah, because going from the EP to the record, um, because obviously you sent us the EP prior to the album's release. It was, I know there was like a like a pretty much like four year gap, but it was like a very matured development in between it and uh obviously you guys get older with age but like did you notice that when you were writing and recording this compared to when you hit the studio prior to the lp yeah
4: i think we found our sound you know we took a break after releasing the two songs you know how you sin and song about you we took a break we got tied up with work you know life kind of hit us uh and when we really sat down to write these songs um we really took the time to make them sound different, definitely sound more mature. And, you know, they really brought it with the vocals too.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. And I think it kind of happens subconsciously as well, man, as you mature. Like you say, you're just uh, perspective change. Things change for you in your lives. And uh, yeah, the music reflects that. Um So Rob did briefly say there was like a, a kind of a four-year hiatus and, you know, whatever the reasons for that was. Um, how did you... Uh, kind of find it jumping back into making music together? Did you find it, you kind of clicked immediately or was it was it kind of a bit slow to start with? Um, how did you find it?
1: So Steve and I actually live together now. We um, A couple of years ago, we moved out, we got an apartment. And around that time was when I got into GarageBand. And that's kind of when we started like demoing tracks ourselves. And we kind of just took our time with it. Didn't really... Make it a huge thing at first, and then uh, around a couple summers ago, we were like, "All right, let's sit down, write a couple songs." And once we got back into the swing of it, I would say it was just constantly doing it. It was intimidating for a couple songs because we couldn't quite figure them out, but the rest, a lot of them, just they came supernatural. It was like, we never missed a beat. Like, we never took four years yeah. off. It was like the just three of us up where we left off. just vibing in the cut again.
0: So, yeah, it's been uh, like a little while, well, six months-ish maybe since uh, since it got put out. You know, um, obviously, you've not been able to play live, which kind of sucks, because I think, like, that would really kind of propel you guys, obviously, a little bit further. Oh, yeah. If you can play some shows, man, like, definitely you'd get some yeah. pull from that. But um, yeah. h- other than that, you know, how was the general uh, reception been to... Um, to you making this you know uh, have you seen like an increase in traffic and increase in interest you know what's what's kind of the reception been
2: i mean we've seen since we put the album out i mean our following has definitely definitely increased like a lot from what we were like four years ago to be honest which is this has been been pretty good watching it grow like it's it's nice to feel like it's cool to see like this is getting out there and like people are actually listening to it and like the numbers keep going up and for like the first month and a half, two months, it was like steady kind of plateaued at a little bit now, but I mean, it's, it's still cool to see it, watch it grow and see the numbers go up. I mean, what do we got? Like five.
1: No, we're, we're growing all the time. And like, it is definitely cool to see the numbers consistently. Like I check on every other day, sometimes more. Uh, We definitely do have plans. Twice a day, refreshing.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, we definitely do have plans to do more to you know generate more uh, interest in the band uh, we've we've had ideas for a couple of music videos that we're hopefully gonna get going in the coming months uh, we're talking about some merch ideas that we can get going hopefully sooner rather than later and uh, we're really just trying to work on a lot of the business side of it while we finish up these demos and kind of make them the best that we can before we take the next step with them.
3: Yeah, man. Like, we personally love the record, man. We were jamming it at work and everything. Uh, we thought it was fucking sick. Like, a real breast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we loved it. That's honestly...
1: That's what makes everyone, us smile. Yeah. That's like, what makes
2: us smile right there.
1: <laughs> with the four years that happened, and then obviously, like, shit's been kicking in the world lately so every other day something's going on but it's always like that's what kind of keeps us going and that's what's always nice to hear is when people genuinely do enjoy the music that we put out
3: so thank you no no you're welcome man thanks for sending it over and everything um like it was refreshing to us because we would obviously the world was like spinning at a fucking shit pace this was <laughs> 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 you know man like you'd look out the window and it didn't look right and everything and then uh yeah it was cool to see people were actually still doing productive honest music like this uh especially like bringing like you know a melodic sound to life again it was um yeah it was very very refreshing to hear absolutely man um shout out to turnover yo we used to listen to turnover <laughs> I like, know, oh, oh, i know we met because we used to cook and like we used to work at a bar in the kitchen together me and theo and then uh we, we like used to listen to peripheral vision like every day and we yeah. saw turnover oh play. hell yeah we saw turnover play in Birmingham and we saw the singer like selling much, we went up to him and we were like yo man we fucking hate our job but like you, <laughs> your record makes our day so much better and he yeah, was
1: yeah. like yeah that's That's so cool that's awesome yeah we definitely we try to see them every single time they come around we've never been fortunate enough to
0: bump into one of them oh man yeah that uh, Austin was just stood at the back man just chatting to people it was a uh, pretty charming. oh yeah well, I,
1: so I I believe I had a moment with him on stage <laughs> the last time I saw him we locked eyes and it was yeah. just like yeah right. <laughs> we're both five and we're all vibing.
0: <laughs> he like saw that. me as an artist you know he respects what I do I respect what he I does. was <laughs> like he knows
3: he knows what's up yeah, awesome.
0: yeah cool man yeah
3: <laughs> yeah yeah that happened to me man when, when we saw like, the Wonder Years play like, I like locked eyes oh uh, yeah. yeah I see you seeing we even
1: that's actually a funny story. When we saw a Man Overboard for their like 10th anniversary, or it was one of those concerts, it was after the hiatus. We were losing our shit in the top rafters for enough, like <laughs> oh, yeah, just God, out there supporting our boy, and he saw us and he was like, Yeah, we were like, That's my dad.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so sick. Oh, that's so fucking sick. hilarious, man. Yeah, like we saw the Wendy's like I locked eyes with Dan Campbell and I was like, he understands me. I was like, <laughs> yes. he knows exactly how I feel in this moment. Yeah, he knows. I have like framed a picture of him like above my bed. He knows. <laughs>
0: man, he's thinking this about man. what he's eating after the gig, definitely, man. He's like, do I want the burrito or do I want the salad? Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> um, this guy's
1: giving me burrito
3: vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like, so growing the band, it was like, Obviously, was it difficult to come back after like a four year? Not in terms of writing, but did you worry about like the stagnant, like, like status of the band? And was it like, oh, it was it it almost feel kind of like starting again. But like, at the same time, you weren't because it was it was the three of you. Matt, Matt
1: kind of runs the social medias for like the Instagram and stuff for the most part, unless one of us does like a random post. But I would say it was almost like starting new because we weren't really ever active on social media like prior to the album release. We just kind
2: of-
3: Yeah, I noticed that from having a little scroll back through the history. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, A very short scroll back. Yeah, (laughs) there wasn't much history (laughs) to
1: go through. So it wasn't really difficult to kind of just say, all right, let's just start this for real. And then Matt just kind of took it all over.
4: But you know, the people who were there from the start- you know they could have been waiting a very long time for us to drop something. So that's that sat in the back of our minds, and uh, you know we thank who waited patiently, and you know we just hope they like the album.
3: Why did you want to come back to this and you know proceed? Like, is it almost like a thing you can't shake off? Was it a desire that you couldn't forget about? Why? Why was wishful thinking something that you couldn't forget about?
4: Yeah, definitely was something hard. To- you know, something we just couldn't shake off, you know, you would just be at work and then think of something cool in your head and you'd be like, damn, like I can't wait to get home and fucking put that down and record it. You know what I mean? Because it's in your head all day long. So it never really left you, you know, four years without putting something out. The music never left us internally. Yeah. I mean,
1: mean? we didn't put anything out for wishful thinking for, for four years, but we never stopped like jamming. We never stopped making music. It was just kind of like, let's just take our time and kind of see what we can accomplish by taking our time and really seeing where these songs can go. I mean, at the end of the day, too, like, it's just fun making
2: music. I mean, it's fun being with your friends, laying down sweet jams. And, you know, it's also a good emotional outlet, too. So it's a good idea to, you know, bond with the boys, get some jams out there. And on top of that, let the people hear it and they can get the same thing. So I mean, so win, win, win all around. And at the end of the day, if you know, I die tomorrow, at least I can have this as like, I did this in my life, like, this is cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anytime something happens, there is like that desire to kind of be like, let me get these emotions out. Like, let me see what can happen from this. And it, I definitely, we also took the four years to kind of get better at what we were all doing like we all spent time with our friends just feeding off of them how they play guitar how they play bass how they do what they do what can i learn from them and like what can
3: i take away from it that's really like what all, all we did in the four years and everything yeah man was, was after hours like a tr- very literal kind of creative outlet for you guys and it was you know something the you could put your it was like aw- a way to process what was going on in your head and how you needed to express yourself
4: Definitely, because let me tell you, them, them four years where we were absent were <laughs> pretty rough. <laughs> four yeah, years but,
3: is a long time, so, man. You
4: know, so, yeah. The album holds a lot of those yeah. rough times.
1: Life didn't really slow down for any one of us, so yeah. it was just kind of like... More hectic. Yeah, <laughs> you, you got hit once as soon as you got up, it, you, you got smacked twice as hard. So that, that's kind of all reflected in the music, and it was... It was definitely a rough time. Just
4: to <laughs> write sure. it during a pandemic. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just
1: to
0: top it off. Yeah. yeah, man. So uh, you know, and you know, feel free to not put any kind of you know time frame on this uh, or any kind of specific answer. Um, but you know, we've got the the new stuff coming up. So I mean, uh, worst case scenario, like oh so, well, okay. So let's say best case scenario. Um, how kind of far down the line would you be with the new stuff? Is it um, going to be what's kind of the time frame for the release? And I appreciate, you know, there's everything else going on, so feel free to not, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, so we want to wrap up a few things before we reach out to Nick. Uh, probably we hope to record some of that stuff by like the summertime. By June, hopefully. hopefully. Yeah. Uh, May but, the earliest, July the latest. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, I've been dabbling with production and I've been getting happier with some of the results that I'm getting, so you may possibly see a single or two sooner than that. Who knows? Uh, depends on how happy we can all get with it.
0: <laughs> and uh, again, another kind of like time framey question, you know, five years down the line. And again, not to make it sound like an interview, but like, uh, you know, kind of where do you guys like see yourself in, in that few years time? Do you want to keep like making a record every year or what's what's kind of your like? Your hopes for the uh, for the immediate future, kind of
2: just crossing those bridges when we get there. I mean, five years ago, we didn't think we would put out an album, and here we are, and it's doing pretty decent for itself. So, I mean,
1: I, I would say you'll definitely see uh, another album, a few more releases oh, yeah. from wishful thinking. Uh, we do hope that we're able to do something with it, uh, where it takes us and how much. I don't want to, you know, get ahead of ourselves and say say anything, but we would be we'd be totally lucky to have anything happen with this band uh we're just thankful that people listen to us and that they like it so as long as like guys like you hit us up and want to talk to us like we're (laughs) gonna keep making music and we're hopefully gonna always man we're hopefully gonna get across the pond and buy you guys a couple of pints
0: oh for real bro nice
1: that's the plan that's the plan
3: at our houses, man. Sorry to like, volunteer <laughs> uh,
1: but we, you, got you. we got you. you. If you guys ever want everyone to come to New Jersey, we got you too.
0: Oh, yeah. sick. Yeah. I've not done the East Coast, so yeah, man. That would be sick.
3: Yeah. I, I only went to Florida in America, man. Uh, Florida, it was well, yeah. all right. Yeah. It was uh, a. Right? <laughs> you get a little
1: bit of everything with New Jersey, so. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Florida to me, man, like, it was nice. And like, the sky was fucking beautiful, man. It looked like a grapefruit <laughs> sliced open. But, like, everybody was, like, super cooked <laughs> in their head. <laughs> Spend twelve American hours in the sun, American yeah. American. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember just talking to these gazers at the bar. Like I was a bit pissed, but I was like, you're fucked, man. They call that the armpit state of America. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what they call it.
0: <laughs> America's wang. That's from my yeah. sense <laughs> knowledge. Wang. That's what they call it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, man, sorry boys. I I'm I am out of time and I'm afraid I have to cut it short there. But you know, thank you so much for coming on today, man. This was a lot of fun. I hope you guys had fun. No,
2: thanks for having us, man. Thank it's you good very to see you and good to speak us, to yeah. you again. You
0: know, man, six months down the line, let's do it again. Like, you know, when when there's more stuff coming out for sure. We'll like definitely Dude, link up.
3: Anytime cap, up again, man. we're always we're always down to hang with the boys. Uh, yeah, thanks for, like, grouping together and taking the time to do this, boys. We really appreciate it, man. It's been so nice, nice to talk to all three Blade of you. And, yeah, really bad. nice to yep. hear your voices, see your faces. Uh, yeah, it was real good fun. Thanks for, yeah, appreciate yeah, it. i yeah. will let you guys
0: have the last word. Uh, any, like, shout-outs you want to give before we uh, head off?
1: Uh, no, we're not going to show up.
0: No, nah, fuck everyone. Uh, just keep fine. your ears peeled.
3: That's keep, all. Just, yeah, just keep, just your keep your an eye and out. Keep
1: your eyes peeled over the, the coming weeks, maybe like uh, in a month, maybe two. Uh, but something something will be happening a month. with wishful thinking. <laughs> uh, and we hope that we'll we'll have more to talk about in, in a couple weeks. But for now, listen to After Hours. Uh, check out Faultline Social. Follow these two beautiful young men. <laughs> and just live your life and have a great, great time.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, boys. And we'll let you get out. Um, Take care, stay safe. And yeah, see you guys soon, hopefully. Peace.